week. Summit, woo, and where is such an expectation? You know, sometimes you, I go, oh my gosh, you know, the change of speakers and things like that. But you know, God is even in control of that. Because as I look at the new speakers that are coming in, I'm going, David Hall, he's a Holy Ghost man. He's a move of God, you know, and we've been, we as, as a church have been praying for that, been believing for that. And it's no coincidence that we've got David Hall who's coming, who's, who's going to just break through what needs to be break through and really see the supernatural occurrence of the Holy Ghost come. So, and then we've got uh, Shane Willard, who's the teacher part. So you've got the Holy Ghost part, you've got the teacher part, and we love Shane Willard. And then we've got Jenny Gilpin, who's a prophetic one. And so we've got a smorgasbord. So I want to encourage you, encourage you all, register. Okay, register. It's really easy to register. You just go on the church app and you can register. But even easier than that, you can register at the back of the, the, the building uh, church this, uh, after service. So I uh, encourage you, you know, don't be the one who hears about it and go, oh, I wish I went. You know, I grew up thinking I'm not going to miss any church service just in case there's a move of God and I miss out. And so I used to always be there. And even if I was sick at home, I was like, I hope there's not a move of God today. I hope there's no miracles today. Isn't that terrible? But that's how it was. Oh, so we're going to get into the Word right now. A few weeks ago, it was actually the Father's Day uh, weekend, that, that weekend of Father's Day, and I was going back to Adelaide to look after my mum. And so Mark took that leave just because just we haven't had much time together at all. And so we went to Mount Kutha, um, and uh, Mount Kutha is the lookout, and we're on a Sunday morning. We've never done this since we've been in Brisbane, that we on a Sunday morning we've done something of it like that we that we haven't watched church online or gone to another church or done something it's always been engaging in in church and uh, this time we go no we're just going to go to Mount Kutha have a nice coffee look at the Brisbane it was so and it was it was lovely it was so nice to do and uh Looking into each other's eyes after 26 years of marriage. Still love him very much. And uh, coming home, it just hit me though. I said, you know, that was really nice, honey. I loved doing that. I said, but you know what? If that's all our life consisted of on a Sunday morning, I said, it would be a small and a selfish life. A small, and that's exactly how I felt. Now, there's nothing right, wrong going on a, you know, uh, on a Sunday, you know, e- every now and again uh, to a place like that or to the beach or whatever, like whatever. But it is a, a, a small life compared to the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross. And so giving our first to him or going to church is literally nothing compared to anything else. And, and I, it just hit me, like nice as it was, and there is nothing wrong with that, but that's all life consisted of. There's something wrong. There's something out of balance. There's something tilted wrong. And this morning I want to look at live seeking First, live seeking first. I had such a great model, you know, in my life with my parents. And so I'm just going to take some of the, the, the example that they set before me. But, you know, 
you know, you have a great, you may have a great family, great friends, great job, great many degrees. You might have a good money, a good amount of money. You may be young, you may be fit, you may be beautiful, you may be ugly. No ugly people in God's creation. You may be healthy, you may have it all. But one day, sooner or later, that means nothing. It's only you and God. Everything will pass away. In fact, a lot of the people who are stars or or actors and things like that, after a generation or two, people don't even remember their names, what movie they were in, what they did. Isn't that true? Soon or forgotten because at the end of the day, our life is temporal. It's only for a short time. And uh, it's what really matters is you and God. You and God. Everything is temporary. And you and God is forever. Eternity is forever. And God is the source of everything. During the early days of the Salvation Army, William uh, Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army, and his associates were really bitterly attacked through the media. Oh, sounds familiar. (laughs) And the press bitterly attacked William Booth and the Salvation Army. Religious leaders attacked him and the government leaders attacked him. And his, whenever his son, um, Branwell, would show his dad, hey, Dad, look at this, this in the press, look at this in the paper, look what they're saying. Uh, look, his reply would always be, Branwell, 50 years from now, it will matter very little indeed, of how people treated us. He goes, it will matter a great deal how we dealt with the work of God. And it's so true, isn't it? Today, the Salvation Army is still doing great works. Many people have have encountered God in that. Many people have been helped through the Salvation Army. You know, and and I don't know, there's not many people who criticise the Salvation Army, really. And, and the thing is, is that in this day and age, there's going to come persecution. Just turn on the TV. Just read the paper. You know, and there's something about Christians or something about religious leaders. It's, it's the thing that's going to come. In the end of the day, all that's going to be gone. But you and God last forever. What we do for God, how we live our lives with God, lasts forever. And I want to take some... Uh, just some experiences that I've learned from my parents. You know, they were saved in their 30s and their mantra became Matthew 6:33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I want to start reading from Matthew 6:31 to 33. And it says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If we want to enjoy this trip called life, right, we need to seek God first. And as Christians, as believers, we need to seek God first. That he is first. Jesus preached his first and greatest sermon on the mount 
And that's, that's what that excerpt is from, is his teachings in Matthew when he was on the Mount of Olives. You know, and his first, it was his first sermon in the beginning of his ministry life. It was the longest sermon that he preached and he explains in this sermon of how to live, how to live as his followers and to serve as members of God's kingdom. The sermon represents the major ideas or ideals of the Christian life. So this is what he addressed in that sermon. He covered prayer. It covered justice. It covered care for the needy, handling the religious law. Covered divorce. It covered fasting. It covered, you know, judging other people, salvation, and much, much more. So he pretty much covered a great deal in that first sermon, being the longest sermon that he preached. Jesus made it very, very clear as followers to live a noticeable different life than the world, than others around us, that we live a life that is separate, that doesn't look like the others without hope or without Christ or without Jesus, but we live a life that is full of hope, that is full of love, that is full of peace. (coughs) Jesus taught that it's better to to live a life that is Christ-like with love in our lives that shines through. He addresses, you know, don't lay it, don't lay uh, in your life all these treasures and all these things. And there's nothing wrong with a nice house, a nice car. It's not saying that. It's nothing wrong with that. But where you seek after that, then there's something out of balance. Where that becomes everything that you seek after is something wrong. But he says, seek first my kingdom. Seek first my righteousness and all those things. I'll take care of all those things. The real priority should be to seek God's kingdom first. So what's God's kingdom? God's, the simplest way that I can explain God's kingdom to you is that it's God's reign where Jesus Christ reigns king. He's number one. He's the beginning. He's the last. He's the first God's authority is supreme over everything in our life. So he's number one. So what's righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Righteousness is the condition of being right in right relationship with God. So God's number one and that we live in a right life, a right way with Christ. This is the way that Jesus is saying, this is the way to live as believers. So practically, how does that look like? How does it look like to seek God first in our life? It means to look to God for everything. It means to put God first in everything. It's including your purpose in life. It's including your daily provisions in life, going to God first. It's including your creative uh, inspiration when you, you get it from God. It's your business ideas getting that from God. It's your family and your family relationships, getting the answer from God. It's going to God first. First going to God and seeking it from God. You know, the Word of God has everything that we need to live that life that is successful, to live that life that is an abundant life, to live that life that helps us how to navigate through our difficult circumstances. So in everything, 
that he is number one, that his authority reigns, that he reigns over every part of our life. And then he says, you do that, everything else. I'll take care of everything else. How good is that? Very simple, but very true. That God's concerns must be our concerns. That it's on our radar screen all the time, God's concerns. Kingdom focus. So I want to share with you three points. They all start with P, so it's really easy to remember for you and really nice to take notes with. Three Ps. Lessons how I saw my parents live this life when they accepted Jesus of putting God first. This mantra, seek God first, kingdom of God first, his righteousness, seeking God first. This is how it began. It was number one, seek God's, seek first God's priority. So what's that? God was their first priority. So when they woke up in the day, it was God first. What, what, how does that, did they say a prayer? Yeah, pretty much. So what happened when I grew up, it was get up, right, and then we'd have devotions. So it was 7 o'clock wake, wake up time and we would, we would pray and then we would read the word and then it was breakfast. So that was the first thing that we did. It was seek God's relationship with God first. That was the first priority. You know, God gave the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai and he, this was the very first commandment that he gave. Exodus 20, 2 to 3 says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have, you must not have any other God but me. God wants to be number one. He wants to be our only God that we follow and that we serve. Everything else comes secondary to that. So when we woke up in the morning, it was God first. It was prayer there was word, and I'm not saying it wasn't an hour long. It was just a, a short time, but that's when we we were focused on what God wanted for our lives. We had relationship with just even not asking God for things, but realizing that God is number one. God is first. You know, my mum would always say, "It's it's because we need to seek God first and have relationship with God because you meet God before you meet the devil." Right, and it's because you meet you, you got to have God first before you meet the circumstances of the day, and you got to meet God first before you have the challenges of the day because all those other things will get sorted out because you got the answers already from spending time with God. So it's very, very simple, isn't it? Priority first Psalm 5 3 Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. This is David speaking now. In the morning, we meet God before we meet the devil. We meet God before we face the day. So the thing, God knows what the day is going to be like. So getting something from God in the morning to face the day, how good is that? When it happens, you're not phased. Oh, yes, this is what God said to me this morning. I mean, we're going to get through this. It's so easy to face this challenge. God's already spoken to me. How wonderful is that? To have something before you face it in the day. 
Psalm 119, 147. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and I put my hope in your words. We spend time with the Lord. We get we read the word, we get hope from the word, we face the day with that hope. It's a right place, priority first. Second thing with my parents, it was devotions, priority with God first, and then first day of the week was church. And honestly, if, I were, if we only could not go to church as kids if we were running a temp over 40 <laughs> and literally shaking. And I'm serious. Like, yeah, this day and age, it could be called uh, abuse. (laughs) But look at me, I turned out okay. It was literally, and and church was not just on Sundays for us. It was Sundays, it was midweek Wednesdays, and it was Friday night prayer or or youth. And you know what, they, they, I'm so glad that they uh, instilled that into my life where, you know, going to Mount Kutha, I'm like, not in church. No, it's, it's not always like that. It's not that bad, but it felt a bit like that. Um, but a hunger. The God is first in every day of our lives. Then the first, and the Bible talks a lot about first, first fruits. Everything that's first is, is of God first. Sunday, first, God, right? Face the week. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's wonderful to put God first in every part of my life. And I've seen it modelled as my parents did that religiously, not as a religious behaviour, but it was a desire and a hunger. And they got it right that I've, I've seen in their lives, Dad had cancer five times and he's like, it's okay, God's in control. It's okay, God's in, you know, this, they had obstacles. I'm not saying they had a, a life that was free of troubles, but how they just waved, took the waves and, and, and what is it, glided back to shore. It was like, it wasn't like up and down. And oh, we're not going to church. God didn't answer our prayers. No, we're not going to pray to God anymore. He's not listening to us. It was consistency. And that's what God wants, just that consistency where God is first in every part of our life. You know, I love going to church. It's church is where I learned deeper truths about the Word of God. I got it at home too, but there were different revelations that I never saw as I heard them from the pulpit. It's where I made my friends. It's where I was healed from rheumatoid arthritis. It's where I felt the presence of God. It's where I had visions and saw visions. It's where I had intense um, sense of God's presence in the, within me and in the building and I experienced that. It's where I saw visions of Jesus. It's where God spoke to me about certain things that I was facing. It's where God allowed me to use those God-given gifts uh, to serve people was in the church. It's where I met my lifelong partner. Yes, to this day. You know, I, I, the easiest thing of my life is being married to Mark. It's just wonderful. But I met him in church. And so we were going one way together, focused one way, serving one God, putting God first. And so to this day, that's what we consistently do. It's in church that I brought up my kids to love the presence of God, to love worship, to love the Word, to love being in the house of God. You know, it's, and, and it's church where I experienced all those things. 
put God's priority first. All these things will be added. Don't worry about all these things. If you put God first, he says, I'll worry about these things. I'll worry. Number two, seek first God's plan and purpose. In life, you have a free will. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour, you have a free will. You can choose to do whatever you want. There's not a God says, what are you doing that for? Should be a secretary, not a bricklayer. You know, no, 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 no. You can do whatever you want to do. But do you know God knows the plans and the purposes for our lives? He does. He knows where your best fit is. He knows what vocation that you'll be the happiest in. He knows where you'll be the more fruit, so much more fruitful in. Because he knows the plans and the purposes that he has for you. There are three characteristics of God's plan for our lives. It's a personal plan. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we, we know this verse so well. For I know the plans that I have for you. Just look to the person next to you. Just take, turn your eye. Do they look like you? Maybe if a family member, you might have the same eyes. But do they look like you? No, because... You're an individual. You're one of a kind. Sometimes people come and say, you remind me of someone. Do they look exactly like me? Well, not quite, but similar. But it's only one of Nina. Thank the Lord. You should be thanking that too. It's only one of me. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, sometimes I've wanted to be like other people. I wanted to be my, like my last previous pastor's pastor. And I, I just want to preach like her, I want to be like her, whatever. And then I discovered that when I got to know her really well in her life, I'm like, I don't want to be like you. It's too hard. You know, it was but but was it she had her purpose. She was living out her purpose. It's no one else like you, and God has a purpose plan for you. It's a personal plan. Then it's a perfect plan. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's a perfect plan tailored for you. We are told it is a perfect plan for you. It is a, thirdly, a practical plan. Do you like all the P's? Are you remembering? P, 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 P. Say after me. P, 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 Priority, purpose, plan, perfect, practical it's a workable plan. So the plan that God has for you works with you. may not work with Neil because Neil has his own practical plan that God has for him. 
But if I try and do Neil's purpose and plan, I'll pull my hair out. Because it's not what God's purposed for me to be like Neil or what God has for him. It's a good and it's a pleasing and a perfect plan. There are people in the Bible, and I'll just expose some of them, which you know them, who chose to do their own plan. And this is what happened. Eve, she thought she could do it her way. We suffer to this day from her mistake. Will us women do anyway? Sarah decided... Sarah decided, I want a son, I want a son, I want a son. I don't want to wait for God. I do my, you know, just go. Abraham, go sleep with her. We suffer from this day from her plan. You see, when, they, when we choose to do our ways, we were okay for a while, but you watch, something will fall apart. And we realise, oh, it's not really what I'm supposed to be doing. God, what am I supposed to be doing? What's the perfect plan? So get it from God, because he has a good plan for you. Can you give me my bag, please? I just forgot my prop, which you love to see my prop, won't you? Yeah. My bag of goodies. There it is. Okay. Number three. So number one is seek first God's priority. Number two, seek first God's Oh, my gosh, 100% for all of you. Number three, seek first God's Pattern. Say pattern. Pattern. That's right. What is pattern? A pattern is an original, original pattern, an original or a model of something that was created for the very purpose of, intim- of intimidation, of imitation. <laughs> so that's what a pattern is. It's an original form, an original model of something that was created for the purpose of being imitated. It's something designed to be copied or imitated. Now, I am a sewer. Don't do it so much these days. But when I want to sew a, an outfit, say it's this, this outfit here. It's a jacket, nice, nice jacket right there, right? Now, this is the pattern that I need to follow. And if I follow this pattern, I I cut the fabric, little sewing lesson at the moment. There's a grain on on a fabric which runs horizontal, parallel, parallel, horizontal. And if I follow, if I put that, measure that exactly, that there's a grain line right in the middle of the fabric. If I put that line and measure it that it's straight, I am going to get, and follow all the notches and all the details. And, you know, if there's a dart, these little triangles for a dart with a point. If I follow this, this pattern to its design, its original design, I am going to get something like this. Right? The pattern. But if I decide, Nina decides, nah, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to do it like that. It would still work out. Right? Still work out. But it's caught across the grain, which will be very flary and very disproportional in some places. And the dart won't be in its right place. It'll be very awkward, you know. And so what happens is that as I follow the pattern to its original markings, I should get a really nice jacket. 
So it is. As we follow the life of Christ Jesus and we live according to the pattern of Christ Jesus, who's our greatest example of living, we will find that things will go well. We will get a life that works, right? John 13, 15 says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. My parents not only taught me how to live a godly life, a Christian life, God first, but they showed me. What I saw in church, I saw at home. Now, a good preacher will give you a challenge right there. Do you model the same? Who you are at church to who you are at home? Oh, not looking? Working progress. Keep that. Who am I at home? I am at church. Who I am at church? I am at home. Who I am in the shopping centre? It's like the same person I am in church, in God's house, in work, wherever. I am the same. I'm not a chameleon who changes. I'm the same. I am cut from the pattern of Christ Jesus. You know, Apostle Paul, we see, who wrote one-third of the New Testament, modelled and taught by the pattern of God and the principles of God. And it, Paul presented himself as a pattern of Christ Jesus. That's what he says. And he then um, charged Timothy, his younger worker, co-worker, to be the pattern, the same pattern to believers. And 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. But be an example to all believers in all what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. We pattern ourselves from the life of Jesus. Love, faith, and purity, and so much more. We all have heard the phrase, don't tell me how to live, show me how to live. Right? And our children are the ones who hawk eyes on us. But you said this. You don't do that. <laughs> They'll keep you accountable. They're the little Jesus in our lives. <laughs> we need to be imitators of Jesus Christ. Now, hey, I'm not perfect. There are times that I do get a bit upset and a bit, yeah, annoyed, negative sometimes a bit angry, right? But I have people around me pick me up all the time. Can't even whinge for once, no. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, but it's good because they remind me, well, why, why, why are you like that? Why are you so upset? You know, like, yeah, I know I'm upset. I have my little rant. It's okay to do that as long as it's not out of control and, and it masters you. No, let God master your life. Ephesians 5.1 says, imitate God. God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. He says, imitate me. You're my kids. 
You ever, if you're a parent here, have you ever seen your kids do something that you used to do? You go, where did they learn that from? Huh? They imitated. They, they got it from you. Sometimes it's scary, but other times it's good. Philippians 2, 2 to 16 says, it, the whole passage is going shine, shine brightly for Jesus Christ. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Thank the Lord. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. People say, I've got no self-control. Mm-hmm. You probably don't because you're not asking God to help you or you're not dealing with that. God wants to help you in that area. In every area, he wants to help you. Verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticise you. <laughs> I've, you know, when a preacher preaches, I have to work through all this stuff, right? And when they're preparing, they're going, well, you better change that. You can't teach that unless you've changed that. Oh, my gosh, okay, that's true. Oh. <laughs> they have a good husband who sometimes lets me know in a good way, in a good way. But the word of God really lets me know. <laughs> it says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. I need more grace at the moment, like never before. I was talking to someone, a few people this week, and I said, what have you noticed has brought change since COVID? And, you know, every one of them, without me even prodding, even, you know, insinuating, not even giving my answer, they said, people are angry. People get angry so easily. I'm like, I know. Right? It's Jesus saying, hey, live differently. Live differently than anyone else. Shine your light like bright lights in the world. You know, there's crooked people, there's frustrations, there's all, but shine it bright, shine it bright. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, oh, Jesus, come back. I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Shine your light brightly. Love, faith, purity. Not arguments, not dissension, not quarrelling. Love, love, love. You know, and we are so privileged because we have been given the Holy Spirit who's been sent to stand alongside of us to help us to live this life. He is a little, Nina, very negative at the moment. Come on. Oh, okay, yes, 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 sorry. Nina? That was out of order. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. It's the Holy Spirit. He's not... He does say, doing really good. Good on you, Nina. That's awesome. Keep going. Keep running the race. 
we pattern ourselves from the life of Jesus. Jesus showed us how to live life. He demonstrated solitude, time alone with his Father. So he taught us, spend that time with your heavenly Father. Two, he showed his disciples the power of prayer and fasting. I had someone come to me the other week and said, I'm really struggling in this area. And I said, prayer and fasting is your key. I know you hate that. But you pray and you fast until you see a breakthrough, right? And maybe not food because if you're fasting for 60, 70 days, we might not see you anymore. But fast something that you really enjoy until you get your breakthrough. I've seen marriages restored from that principle. I've seen kids come back to the Lord because of parents' principle of putting prayer and fasting place. I've seen in my own life things break through because of the prayer and fasting. It works. Jesus says it works. So it works. He resisted temptation. He served those around him, his disciples, washing their feet, served people all the time. He discipled. These are the examples that we've been given to model our life from. He showed kindness and compassion to all mankind, not only the ones that he wanted to. He was generous. He was consistent on going to the temple and, and church. He loved humanity. He forgave all mankind. And there was a lot to forgive in those days. He, even under persecution, he forgave. This morning, I want to encourage you. Seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We have the musicians to come as I come to a, a close in my preaching. Seek God first God's, seek first God's PP priority. Seek first God's plan and purposes. Seek first God's pattern. You know, a British merchant was asked by Queen Elizabeth to leave behind his business holdings in order to complete a mission for crown and country. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Who's going to look after my business? Who's going to look after my holdings if I look after your business and your stuff? And he was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. But at first, protesting and asking, you're going to look after my stuff? But you're not. After a while, she persisted. And however, the, with the queen, he won the queen's consent by making him a promise. And she said, you look after my interests and the good of my kingdom, and I will look after your investments, your business and your holdings. And true to her word, when the man returned after several years later, he found his business was thriving and his holdings were significantly increased. You see, it's the same way now in the Christian life, in the Christian walk. We seek first the kingdom of God. We put him first in everything. He will look after everything else. Can we just close our eyes right now as we come to a close? Father, we just thank you for your word. It's rich. It's full of flavour. Lord, we just thank you that, that your word is a reminder on how to live and the order to live. And Father, we choose to put you first in all things, God. We repent, perhaps, of putting other things and other gods in place. 
doing our own things, our own way, oh God. And times we've struggled, but we've still tried to work it out on our own. Father, we repent of those things and we ask, oh God, that you would help us through the Holy Spirit to put you first in our priorities, seeking you first in the mornings, in our plans, in our purposes, whatever it may be, whether in our business or family, in our relationships, whatever it may look like, that we seek you first for the answer, the direction, the clarity, and that, God, we will seek your first your pattern and how to live our lives, that we will model it from your pattern of how Jesus lived his life. Father, help us. We need help. More than ever before, we need help, oh God. And I know that you want to help us. Your word says we do that, you look after everything else. We trust your word, we take it as truth, and we live by it in Jesus' name.